Breaker 1-9, Breaker 1-9. Oh, there we go. All right. <clears throat> it is good to be here today. Um, I had to be careful. I, I grabbed my notes to come up here, and I thought, hey, that looks like Samuel. That's Sunday school. Hold on just a second. Um, that was this morning. But uh, we are going to be in John chapter 13, uh, verse 31 to 35. Um, so while you're looking there, I'll share a little bit. Uh, Brian asked me to, to speak this morning, and I thought, oh, you poor, you poor people. Um, but that's all right. Uh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to do that. I always enjoy getting up, sharing about the, the glory of God and what he's done and what he will do in our lives. Uh, this has been a, a unique month for me. I've had the opportunity to, well, that's a lot of echo, isn't there? That's, I've had the opportunity to share with a, a lot of people about, uh, about some different stuff that have happened in my life and it is happening and, and everybody's been real supportive and, and I think how much a blessing that has been in my life that everybody's so supportive. Hey, there we go. That sounds better right there. I can't hear myself echoing as much. That's, is that good? All right. But uh, everybody's been very supportive as I make this change in career paths and, and uh, I think how, how important that is that we have uh, support from our friends and family because not everybody has that. A lot of people really are just out there in life just winning and hoping for the best. Try not to move too much. Oop, that was me. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it just breaks my heart sometimes to think of how many people are out there winging it. Now, I work in banking. I've been in banking for 14 years. And uh, I can hear them coming right now. And I know, I know I've shared before on Monday, here they all come. My account's overdrawn. You bankers did this. Well, hold on. Let's look. You know, did, did you really need to go to the boats four times this weekend? Well, no. Um, but some people just need a little bit of support. They need someone to come alongside and say, let's talk about a budget. Let's talk about some different stuff. You're, you're really hurting yourself. And sometimes we need somebody to come alongside and just be a little encouragement, just, be, just to be that voice. And I think how important that is for me in my life, and it's, I've been a real blessing this, this past month as I've made this change to have some of that and to be able to offer that to other people. As I look at these few verses, it doesn't seem like, like Jesus is getting ready to offer that kind of help, but he really is, that and so much more. So as we look here, we're going to read in John 13, 31 through 35. We'll just read that handful of verses, and then we'll kind of come back through. Let me get my Bible out here. There's more Sunday school notes. Hold on just a second. I'm trying to be updated with technology, so give me a moment here. There we go, 13. John 13. Why ain't air conditioning a blessing after sitting in that warm Sunday school room? That is just wonderful, man. All right, here we go. Verse uh, 31. Now we had gone out. Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Children, I am with you a little while longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I tell you. I give you a new command. Love one another just as I have loved you. You must also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. As we look at this, these verses, we're at the end of the Lord's Supper. We're getting ready to go out to the Garden of Gethsemane, have the big prayer session, and Judas is going to show up and everything's going to fall apart. Um, so when we read there in verse 31, and when he had gone out, that's Judas. Judas's departure signals the glorification of God. 
the glorification of Jesus. His greatest sin came after Jesus washed everybody's feet. After Jesus had encouraged everybody and told them, hey, we're going to have this Passover meal together, and then after that, I'm going to wash everybody's feet, and he does. That's when Judas is like, you know, I should betray this guy. Now, he had a few more thoughts ahead of the time, but I mean, that's when he goes out to do it, to, to do the deed, so to speak. Jesus washed, he ate with everybody, he washed everybody's feet, he shares with them, knowing Judas is going to betray him, knowing all this is coming. It's foreordained, like I said, Judas has already been talking to the high priests, all this is coming down, he knows that in the next 48 hours, life is going to get miserable, or the 24 hours, life is going to get miserable, and that's what signals the glorification of God. Why? Why is the Son glorified now? Because we're going to the cross. Everything is set in motion for the trials, the crown of thorns, standing before Pilate, whipping, uh, the, the, the cat of nine tails. I don't remember if y'all remember the passion of Christ and, and that actor sharing that when they were filming that, they had an, a, a metal plate on his back so they really could beat on him. And at one time, that guy reached out, that played that Roman soldier just a hair too far, and one of them, uh, cat of nine tails, came around that metal plate and stabbed him. He jumped up like he'd been stuck. Well, he really had been. But he, how, how painful that was. He said, that was just one of those cat of nine tails hitting me one time. He said, I cannot imagine the pain that anybody would have gone through for that. So all that's coming, and all that starts off. And because of that, the Son is glorified. The Son of Man is glorified. See, we're not just taking down somebody that, that the high priest doesn't want. This is God's plan for redemption. It's going to be fulfilled. God's plan for humanity is going to be restored. God's plan was for us to hang out in the Garden of Eden and, and uh, sit there with Adam and Eve and God and walk in the cool of the evening and have a great time. And that didn't go so well. And so now we've got, Jesus isn't a band-aid. God knew we were going to fall. He knew mankind was going to fall. And that mankind would continue to fall. It's not like we've gotten better since Adam and Eve. We just find new apples to eat. So we're restoring that plan. And that's the glory of God. That's the blessing for humanity. God glorifies is going to glorify Jesus by pouring back into him what Jesus laid aside to take on human form. To lay aside all the, his power, his privilege, his prestige. He sits at the right hand of God. He walks the halls of light. You know, that, that, that when, when you read it in Isaiah, in Isaiah 6, that Isaiah looks up and see, sees God and sees the, the heavens open up. That's all that Jesus laid aside to come down and walk with us. To be born in a smelly manger. And God's going to restore all that to him. Verse 32, if God is glorified in him, God will, will also glorify him in himself. God's going to, going to be glorified because of Jesus' sacrifice. See, when we look at, at, at who Jesus is, who is this crazy guy that's going to fix everything? It has to be the Son of God. It has to be someone specific. It has to be Jesus Christ. You know, when I think about God pouring all that, that back into Jesus, I mean, he can't pour that into you or I. That'd be like trying to take a sip out of a running fire hose. 
We, we can't absorb that. There's no way. I can barely understand everything that's in the Bible, let alone everything that God knows. I can barely understand all the science that goes into making aspirin, let alone all the tech, or well, say technology, all the understanding that goes into how our bodies work, how we maintain balance or don't maintain balance, or how the heart works and everything else. God understands all that. And he's pouring all that knowledge, all that power back into Jesus. And because Jesus is submitting to God, because he's going through the crucifixion, through the resurrection, God is glorified because of that. Because Jesus is helping, because Jesus is walking alongside us, God is glorified because of that. Now, why did Jesus say glorified to his own public execution? That does not sound something glorious. And say it five times. See, the world's going to look at Jesus as humiliated, disgraced. You're on a cross with a couple thieves. You're nothing but a charlatan. You made all this up. If you were so cool, call down a, I get too excited, I guess. Call down a legion of angels and have them pry you off there and let's kick the Romans out and restart all this. But it doesn't happen that way. See, God has a different plan in mind. It's never meant to be the big showdown. That comes later on. That's when we get to Revelation. But for us, day to day, it's Him encouraging. It's Jesus loving on us. It's that day-to-day stuff. It's that glory God, that glorified Jesus who walks with us, talks with us, helps us along the way, if you remember the old hymn. So this God, this Jesus is going to be with me. This glorified person, this God restored is going to be with me. Well, sort of. You know, He's with us for what we cannot fix ourselves. You know, if I have, if I got to clean out my gutters and I, I got to crawl through, I can fix that myself, except for Brian. If I'm going to, if I'm going to change the oil, I can do that myself. I can't fix sin. That's an unfixable problem. If I have a doctor's, or if I have an illness, I go to see a doctor and they take care of it best they can. Um, but sin, is, I can't fix that. You know, I need a glorified God to take care of that. So he's always going to be with us, right? Well, no. Let's read on here. Verse 33. Children, I am with you a little while longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I tell you. He is not staying here with the apostles And we want that to happen. We want Jesus to go so the Holy Spirit can come and be with all of us. I am not staying. I have somewhere I must be. I must be about my Father's business. I must go where He asked me to go. I must do what He asked me to stay. Go where He wants me to go and do what He wants me to do. The apostles might have been scared. They really haven't left Jesus alone for very long at any point in time. They kind of still expected Him really to kind of kick the Romans out to do what they'd always wanted, the Jewish nation had always wanted them to do, the Messiah to do, to kick the Romans out, reestablish David's kingdom. That's the kind of help they were looking for. But that's not what's... And that's kind of what a lot of people want when they, when they come to the bank or when they come to church that, you know, we're just going to wave our, our magic wand and all their problems will be better. 
And it doesn't quite work that way. It takes time, takes effort, takes that daily walk with Christ. And sometimes that's so hard to do. It's so hard to, to submit, even amongst those who are doing well. Uh, Tony Gonzalez was inducted into the National Football League Hall of Fame this weekend. He shared a neat story that in his second year, 1998, he's with the Chiefs. Things are going terrible. He came out uh, on the field a couple times. He got booed here at home. Uh, it was just awful. Uh, he really thought, you know, maybe I, I need to think about a different career path or a different team, something else. This is not going well. And it would have really been easy for him to walk away, and he stayed the course, and we're going to find out why later on. But that's kind of what we have to do. It's hard sometimes. Life gets difficult. It, it, it's a struggle sometimes as we deal with problems, as we deal with bills. And ain't there always more bill at the end of the month than month at the end of the bill? There's always more coming. We've learned a lot about how much more is coming as we deal with Nathan's autism. And some days we think, oh, well, he's getting better. Well, he's not. You know, he's getting better in some aspects and in some he's not. And uh, we thought we were doing so well. And then we went to see my dad a couple weeks ago and, and uh, for his 80th birthday party. And, oh, I bet there's 100 people there. But somewhere south of Camdenton and north of Table Rock, my dad knows almost everybody. So they all came and we're sitting there and having a good time. And Nathan's able to run around. He's able to burn off that anxiety and burn off that energy. He's doing great. When we stopped to take pictures, that was not so great. That's going to take that daily walk with Christ to walk through that. But see, Jesus isn't going to be there in the flesh. He's not walking along with me. You know, I need that, but he's not going to be there. You might need that, but he's not going to be there. Just like verse 33 says, Children, I am with you a little while longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews where I'm going, you cannot come, so now I tell you. I will not walk with you in the flesh at this time. And see, that goes back to that, that Jesus, that glorified God. It had to be a glorified God. He had to be the one to do that. I couldn't take on anybody's sin. I couldn't walk with everybody. Because when you think about this, just as I told the Jews, Verse 33, just as I told the Jews, uh, where I'm going, you cannot come. They were probably thrilled. They didn't like him anyway. The Pharisees and Sadducees are going to be happy he's gone. They won't care that, you know, what he says. And Jesus loved them anyway. The apostles and believers are sad he's going to be gone. And, and Jesus knows that they're going to struggle. This next 48 hours is going to be just traumatic for him. Do you feel that way sometimes? Man, if I could just make it through this time period, this 24, 48, 72, this week, this month, if I can make it through this summer, you know, maybe it'll be all right. If I can just handle this little time period. Maybe, but there'll be another one, won't there? There'll always be another one. Makes me think of that silly commercial. There's a fella, he's up cleaning his gutters, and of course he pulls something like a snake out or a spider out, and oh my God, it's all nasty, and then the ladder falls over, and, and then the next scene has him pulling on a, on a lawnmower, and he's pulling a string and pulling a string, and psh, the string just comes out, and the tagline on the commercial is, relax, the weekend's almost over, and you can get back to work. 
Sometimes it feels like we're going through this time period. It's just not going to end. What do I do? How do I get through this? You know, if God's not walking here with me, if he's not in my shoes with me, how do I get through this? What do I do? Well, it's verse 34 and 35. I give you a new command. Love, love one another. Just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Go and go to that next slide there. Sorry. Why is this a command? You know, it has to be a command. Because I don't always like my neighbors. I like most of y'all. Almost all y'all. Um, but that, I mean, that's just life. You're not going to like everybody. But what's Jesus say? I give you a new command. Love one another. <coughs> Love one another. Well, what about the Sadducees and Pharisees? I didn't ask you about them. A new command I give you. Love one another. We are to be that presence of Jesus as people go through those trials and temptations and this, those, those weekends where you pull the string right out of the, out of the lawnmower. We are to be that for one another. And that's so hard sometimes. And how hard that would have been for Jesus. Jesus loved Judas, who was betraying him. Jesus loved Peter, who just moments ago refused to let Jesus wash his feet. No, 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 you don't need to wash my feet. Peter, if you don't let me wash your feet, you have no place with me. Oh, well, then don't just wash my feet. Wash my head and hands. Wash me all. So it's 24 hours before Jesus, before the end of his life, and Peter's mouthing off. He loves Matt Green. Smart mouse, spoiled brat, sailor, and more I'm too ashamed to bring up in church. He loves me. He loved all those people. That's why he had to give us a command to love those people. Love the unlovable. Love them. Be why? Because I have loved you, so you must love one another. And that's the hardest part sometimes, is to love other people. Well, what does that get me? That's that, that, that last verse. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. But don't you understand who they are? Don't you understand that they don't have time for me? Jesus is saying yes. Because he knows the apostles, his closest friends and allies are going to desert him. Peter is going to deny him three, three times. And the third time, he's going to eyeball Jesus Christ. He's going to see him face to face. Across the room, but he's going to see him. Knowing humanity will fail. Fail us, fail each other, fail Jesus. Betray us. Are we still loving one another? And what a hard row to hoe that is. Love one another. Ah, I'm... I, I, I like my neighbors, but I got this going on. I got that going on. Love the sound guy. Love your neighbors. Love. Who am I anyway? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not really any better than the apostles. 
you know, that betrayed Jesus, that denied Jesus, that ran away from Jesus. Who am I that I should do that? What, what can I do? doesn't matter what you think you can do. You do it. You do what you can. Tony Gonzalez, in that second year of, of NFL play, got a letter from his brother, uh, Donnie, uh, full of, of Vince Lombardi quotes and just an encouragement to him. And from that point on, we know Tony did a wonderful job here in Kansas City and, and uh, had a fantastic career and is now in the NFL Hall of Fame. It's amazing what a little bit of love can do. You may not think of yourself as, as a great encourager, as a, as a great provider, as a great whatever, a great believer. It doesn't matter. God has a spot for you. I love when we look through the Bible, all those stories and how important the Old Testament is. What? You're, in, you're in John, Matt, focus. No, hold on just a second. Now, when we look at Moses, the drunk, or Moses, the murderer, Noah, the drunk, David, adultery and murder, uh, Saul and all of his baggage, then you get to the New Testament and the Apostle Paul, and there's more. How am I going to overcome? You don't have to. You fit in just fine. As a matter of fact, if you're perfect, that's not great. The last perfect guy they crucified. Bring in your baggage. Bring in it all. But you don't know what I've done. I don't. But Jesus does. And He's asked me to, to walk with you or you to walk with me. Some of the best encouragement I've ever got have been from some people that have more baggage than I knew was possible. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We are to love one another. And how important that is. What do I do? I don't even know what to do. Write a card. Get a phone call. Or make a phone call. Um, bake some cookies. I like no-bake oatmeal if you get, get a wild hair this week. Um, whatever little thing like that. You might be that letter from, for Tony Gonzalez. You might, you might be that letter to somebody. But we are to love one another. And how vitally important that is. And that sounds silly. Like I'm putting a lot of emphasis on a letter. Tony Gonzalez shared about how important that was. <clears throat> and how important water is. And thank you to whoever brought the water bottles in the back. Because I'm going to ask God about allergies when I get there. Keeps me humble, I guess. <clears throat> one of the other fellows talked about uh, Kevin Maway shared... Uh, about the greatest, and he's also another NFL inductee into the Hall of Fame, by the way, sorry. He's uh, talked about one of the greatest impacts was his very first coach <clears throat> when he was a kid playing flag football in Germany because his dad was an army officer. That's not a big deal. I enjoy watching little kid sports and see that kid swing that bat and hit that ball and run straight to third base. Ain't them some of the best videos on the internet. Or catch the ball and run the whole length of the field to find out he's running towards the wrong way and everybody's yelling at him, turn around, go back. That's one of his biggest impressions, one of his biggest coaches, one of the most important impacts in his life. Not the millions of dollars, not the, the big facilities, 
not, not the, the grand stage that is the National Football League. It was flag football in Germany. What an impact we can make with just them small little things. What an impact we can make. How blessed we are to just have those people along in our lives that can just say, I love you. I'm praying for you. Are you sure? Yeah, Romans 10, 15. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Luke 24, 39. See my hands and feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. Jesus talking to the apostles after the crucifixion. He wants to be those hands and feet, and he wants us to be those hands and feet. Just like audio adrenaline saying, I'll go where you send me. And how important it is that we go. Because we all need that encouragement. We've all been in a low spot. Now, try not to get too emotional because I get excited about some of this stuff. But God moved in my life in so many ways. He moved the needs of the Navy around, needs of, of the Cold War around, Vermont Green. And I won't get into all that because that's just a long story. But I remember Jake <clears throat> and Pastor Curtis DeGraff at Silverdale Baptist Church. And I knew I needed to be going to church. I didn't know why. I just grew up in church. I had that drug problem. I was drugged to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, vacation Bible school, mission trips, whatever else. I knew when I was supposed to be there. I didn't know why. And Pastor Curtis DeGraff, when he finished up on Sunday mornings, oh, brother so-and-so, would you lead the prayer? And I'll go to the back door and shake hands. I would be out the door by the time he got to the back of the church. Um, and one time he beat me to the back door. <clears throat> and I don't know how far it is, how far Silverdale is and from here to the back, but maybe a little bit further. But I turned around to walk out, and he was right there and shook my hand and didn't let go until he got my name. Someone at that church cared to learn who the sailor was in the back of the room. Changed my life. Because I really was getting ready to go down a bad road. You know? I really could have led a sailor's life. You know, I remember on our first trip out, some of our guys said, uh, kissed their wives goodbye in, in Washington State, and we kissed the, the girlfriends hello in, in Hawaii. And that was normal. That was just how some of them guys lived. And God said, no, Curtis, you go back there and you shake that boy's hand. You love on him. And then he told Jake Jacobs, our Sunday school leader, because he was back there the next Sunday and shook my hand again and wouldn't let go until I promised to come to Tuesday night Bible study. What do I need to go to Bible study for? I know what I'm doing. Jake loved on us so much at that Bible study and really just moved in my life. And I accepted Jesus Christ because God had somebody shake my hand. Who knows what kind of impact you might have if you love one another. You may not, it may not be something dramatic, but it might Does it really matter? Yes. Who knows what would have happened 
24 hours ago, if someone would have confronted either one of those shooters, said, I'm praying for you this week. Who knows? I don't know. But it might have changed the course of some lives. Who knows what your impact might have? As we all struggle with stuff and just can't figure out a way out of it, like I was in the Navy and knew I didn't need to be living that sailor's life, but oh, it, it, everybody else was. <clears throat> but God had other plans. I told a couple fellas, you need to reach out to that kid. He's a whiner and he's spoil rotten and whatever else, but you need to reach out to him. That's going to be, that's going to be my guy. You never know. You never know what God might have in store for you. You never know when your small group might have that kind of impact. You never know when reaching out to somebody might be what they need to hear. I love all of you. I, I wish I, I'd spent more time with you. I wish I had more time. I don't know how to do all that. But that's why we have Jesus Christ. Because I can't do it all. Because if you waited on me, you'd wait till you died. And if you really needed some help, oh my God, you'd wait even longer. I, I know just enough to be dangerous about life. I know that God loves you. And he has great things in store for you. He wants to touch your life. Each one of you here. You and you, and you way in the back. He desires to have you help somebody else. He desires you to be his hands and feet in this world. As we get ready to wrap up, so you don't have to listen to me snot up the whole time. If you're a believer and you've been with the church for years, you may be doing, you may be doing it. You may be encouraging. You may be loving one another. You may be loving somebody. That's fantastic. You may be uh, writing those notes or everything else. If you're not, though, make this Sunday the day. You call somebody you ain't seen in years. Make this the day that you write that note. Make this the day that you call that grandkid or or grandchild, or, 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 or your father, or whoever else. Because I need to call my dad. That's why that popped in my brain. But love on somebody in some way. They need to be here. They, may, they may need to hear your voice. That may be the, that really may be the turning point in their life. You don't know what you might say, how that might affect them. If you're a Christian and you've just been kind of floating along, you know, you're a believer, you're, you, you've got that helmet of salvation on from Ephesians 6, and, and that's all you've got, it, it might be time for you to come forward and join this church and, and tell Brother Brian, hey, I'm ready to make an impact. When's the next membership class? When's the next small group going to meet? I'll go to that one. When's this? When's that? Maybe I can help out with this. And if you don't think you can help out, you talk to Mallory, she'll find a way to plug you into Trails Kids. There's somewhere for you to be. God desires you here. We desire you here. If you have never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you've just been floating along as best as you can, there is hope. Sometimes it feels like a tire, you know, the gospel according to lug nuts. You've got one lug nut on your tire, and it's, it's loose. 
and the others have already fallen off and you're just rattling down the road. There is hope. Jesus Christ can come alongside and tighten that stuff up. You ever drove down the road with a slightly loose tire or one that's weighed out of balance and you can just kind of feel that vibration? And you're like, I, I got to do something. This ain't going to make it. God may be reaching out to you and you might be shaking a whole lot still. He's reaching out. He's going to help you tighten up them lug nuts. He'll balance that tire. He'll have you going down a smoother path. It won't be perfect. There'll be some potholes along the way. Lug nuts still might come loose, but he'll be there with you. He might send some crazy people alongside. We might be your roadside assistants. And we're a crazy bunch, but we welcome you into the family of God. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the plan's very simple. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody's got a loose lug nut or two. If you get to know me, you find out they're all kind of loose. And the tire's flat and, you know, the thing's out of balance. God loved me, he'll love you too. But we've all made mistakes, boo-boos, whoops-a-daisies. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Well, what does that mean? Well, Romans 6, 3, for the wages of sin is death. I know, just like any tire, you come loose from the car, you ain't going to make it. You're going to get ran over by the 18-wheeler following along too close. God loves you, but the wages of our actions, the wages of sin is death. Well, how do we get over that? That's the second part of Romans 6, 23. For the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, how did he pay for that? Romans 5, 8. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Just like we read about here in the, in the Gospel of John. All that's coming. He died for us. He paid that penalty for our sins. Well, how do I get a hold of him? How do I tighten up the lug nuts on this tire? Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Can't just say it and not believe it. Can't just believe and never be willing to say. He wants all of you, the inside, the outside, the dirty, the ugly, the, the loose lug nuts, the flat tire, the things out of balance. Bring it all. That's what God wants. However crazy you might be, that's all right. As our musicians come forward, and get ready to play so you don't have to listen to me. If you, uh, if you have any questions about anything, come forward. I probably don't know the answer, but I'll pray with you. And we'll ask Brother Brian and he'll know. <laughs> but uh, if you have any questions about church membership, come on up. Again, I don't have all the answers, but I'll help Brian, or I'll point you to Brian and he'll, he'll figure things out. Let us pray. Father God, as we come before you today, Thank you, Father, for all the people that have shown me love. For Brother Jake and Brother Curtis, for my wife, for my dad and mom, for Nathan. Thank you so much. For Brother Brian coming to my house and, uh, and Mark helping unload, car, helping unload, that, unload that truck so many years ago. Thank you, Father God. Didn't even know he was in town and you brought people into my life. Thank you. And in Jesus' name I pray, and amen.